Alrighty, guys, you guys ready to get going? Ready. Alrighty, guys. Hello, and thank you for coming back to another episode of the Movie Rubric. I am Timothy McDaniel. I'm Cole Wright. And I'm Josh Glass. And today we are going to be reviewing Violent Night. Um, it was brought to my attention, actually, by one of my students who found the podcast, actually, and it got me thinking, and I think we've talked about it since, and it's a really good idea. We kind of dove headfirst into spoilers in the last few episodes, which means if you haven't seen the movies we're talking about, makes it a little difficult to listen to our podcast. So I would like to apologize for that. Um, today, we're going to be starting off the podcast with a spoiler-free discussion. Um, Just for you people that are late getting to the movies. Yes. Um, you really should be better about that, though. I mean, the movie just came out three days three ago. Three days ago. If you're so, a real fan, you got a window. And it's Christmas season. It's not like you have anything else going on. Yeah, absolutely. Like us three losers that prioritize going to movies. I had nothing going on this past weekend. Exactly. Nothing. nothing. Definitely nothing not a show. Two yeah. shows. <laughs> so, um, Before we even begin discussing this movie, there is something I need to discuss. If you bring children to an oh, R... my goodness. If you bring children... We have a bone to pick with you. An R-rated movie. That is fine. You need to control them. (laughs) Yes. It was 8 o'clock on a Friday night, and the theater was full of all adults and 11 junior high kids. It was... I I wouldn't even give them junior high. I I I would say sixth grade at max. The oldest was junior high. I think there was one kid who looked like he could have been like, you know, like in seventh grade. Oh, my God. But some of those kids looked like they were six or seven. And if you are a parent who lets your kids go to R-rated movies, I'm not here to say anything on that. And I feel a little bad because it was like one mom who brought all these kids. So um, probably babysitting or taking people out for a birthday party. You know, it is what it is. I'm not here. Mom got duped. She did. I'm not here to question your parenting. (laughs) You can parent however you no. want, as long as you control your kids. They yeah. talked the whole they movie. Oh the my whole gosh! Movie, and they were right behind us too, which they I think were. made it twice as bad. Filled up like the two rows behind us. I oh think. my it gosh! Was awful. Um, I didn't hear the first third of the movie, <laughs> and no. I've done a couple old man things in my life. Like I feel myself getting older, like with each passing day, because I just get grumpier. Um. But I've never went to an attendant before to complain that kids were being allowed in a movie theater. I almost did, but and right somebody before, else did for you. Yes, right as I was about to go, um, I noticed that there was an attendant like standing near the kids in the hallway or like in the aisle. I mean, and I was like, thank goodness someone else went and complained for me. Yeah. Um. So I don't have to feel like an old it, man. It was obnoxious to say the least. Um. The part that made me, I actually put this down as a dislike of the movie, even though it's nothing against the movie. (laughs) The line that makes me more upset than anything, and I don't consider this a spoiler. um, At one point, Santa takes a sip of bourbon or whiskey, some sort of alcoholic drink, and then eats a Christmas cookie. And he, he makes an offhanded comment. He said, yeah, that pairs nicely. And this one kid cackles and screams and shouts twice in a row. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. To which his buddy who... Because they didn't, he his buddy didn't get they're the joke. Ten, yeah. His buddy goes, "I don't get it." What he say? And the kid who's screaming goes, "I don't even know." <laughs> oh my gosh! I've never been more livid in a movie theater. It was, it was distracting. I, don't, I couldn't tell what was more entertaining: the movie or watching you just fuming. Just <laughs> watching me want to turn around. I probably shouldn't say this because I'm a teacher, but I wanted to beat a child. Oh, that may get you fired. Yeah. No, it's fine. I didn't. You're I was get canceled. I restrained myself. Um. 
but I was I was like this close to murder. Yeah. It was, it was here, really it bad. was rough. You gotta be like me. I'm a psychopath who likes to watch someone else uh, just just squirming, and got Tyler <laughs> yeah. and Josh over there about to just they're just fuming. I think I leaned over to Cole at one point and said, "This is the most obnoxious movie theater I've I, I did, ever you been just in." Got to tune it out and enjoy the movie. Yeah. Because at one point it wasn't even the kids. There was a couple of adults back behind me yeah. that were talking loud. There was a movie. There was a couple. And not that this is like a super serious movie. Oh, no. But I still want to hear it. You still want to be able to hear the dialogue. Yeah. There was a couple. And I mean a couple. I mean like a romantically involved couple that anytime I would turn around to look at these kids, I saw them like aggressively making out. Mm. And I'm pretty sure I could hear it at pretty one sure point. sure they were still making out when the movie ended. When we left, yeah. yeah, yeah I'm yes, pretty sure I could night. hear I them making yeah. out during the movie. Violent Night, the most romantic <laughs> of movies. It, it was super romantic. Man, so man, I just had to get that off my chest. I'm still fuming about it three days later. I've not forgiven those children if I ever see them at a mall. <laughs> thought we saw them uh, afterwards. Also, we got nervous. We saw. Oh uh, yeah, when we saw a large party at Applebee's. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, is that them? Oh no, Applebee's sponsor us. Man, yes. yeah, we got to be careful because this is twice now in a podcast we've told people we go to Applebee's, and if we get fans, they're gonna start being like, going okay, th- let's just hang out at Applebee's. <laughs> a ton of Applebee's though. <laughs> There is. It's yeah, that is true. Change. But anyone who knows us, which let's be honest, let's be real most here. Most of the people that are listening to this, most podcast, people listening yeah. to this podcast are friends and family. Yeah, They're going to start true. camping out at Applebee's. <laughs> yeah, I did see. We as had, long as they buy my food, I don't care if they camp out. Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was a VPN. I was looking at our analytics, um, which we have more listeners than I was. I thought we would, honestly, for our first week and a half of being up. Yes, um, thank you. Thank yeah, you. thank you guys. Um, one of our listeners, they could have had a VPN on, but was from Bulgaria. Bulgaria. And I just thought to myself, I was like, if that's not a VPN, did they understand a word we said? <laughs> <laughs> like, how did they find us? Yeah. <laughs> What's going they, on they here? happened upon us. Okay. Hey, let's talk about the movie. And real quick, um, like I said, this first part here, this first five, ten minutes is going to be spoiler free. Um, thumbs up or down? Did you guys like it? Do you think audiences should go see this movie? I'm going to give it um, two thumbs up. Two thumbs maybe up. Maybe three Ooh. if I can just sprout a third arm. Just hold up your toe. Yeah. Hold your up the big, big toe. Big toe is an extra toe. Four. D- four. You, you need a shower. You're going to give all four? Yeah. Wow. All four thumbs. Wow. Yeah. Josh? I would, I'd give it a thumbs up. I would... Uh, I would recommend you going to see it as long as you like, as long as you know what you're getting into. Yeah. And that was going to be my caveat. Um, caveat, caveat, Cap- caveat, caviar. Um, if that's going to be my caviar oh. is if you like violent movies, I mean, it's in the title, yeah. um, cheesy, gory movies. This is a hilariously fun, entertaining time. Exactly. Um, yep. For those who may not know, um, Violent Night, um, directed by Tommy Ricolan, starring David Harbour, is a new violent take on, you know, the Christmas story, Santa Claus. Um, In this one, Santa's a little bit almost like kind of like a drunk and he kind of hates Christmas and he's thinking about quitting, Mm -hmm. you know. And like I said, these are not spoilers. Santa's in a dark time. Yeah, he's like the movie opens up on him in a bar. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, I think it's funny because movies do the the idea of like a drunk mall santa all the time mm-hmm. and i liked that this was drunk real santa yeah meeting really... a drunk mall santa <laughs> meeting a drunk mall santa yeah yeah um so with that being said you know the movie it cost roughly 20 million ish to make and it's already made that back i think it's made 20.4 million in its first three days mm-hmm. awesome for a movie of this caliber with uh other than david harbour a almost no named cast yeah i mean even the director's really not even i looked at his his imdb there's there's not a lot out there that i even recognized yeah um i 
there was uh what is it john with uh i cannot remember his name the guy played the villain john lugbazama that's it Mm -hmm. i can never say his last name sorry john if you're out there listening from bulgaria um but yeah other than him and david harbour yeah john i didn't realize he played bruno in encanto yeah he also was he's he's the reason everybody has uh we don't talk about bruno stuck in their head for the last year he also was in the last movie we went and saw. Yes. He was in the menu. The menu. We're just you should check that episode out if you haven't already. Ooh, that was a nice plug. Yes. That was good. Put a link in the description. Yeah. So yeah, other than those two, like it's a no-name cast. And uh I thought they did a good job. There wasn't anyone that I thought was bad as an actor, even though it was like a super low budget, I don't want to say low effort, but mildly low effort movie. Yeah, I mean the writing wasn't super intense. So even if it wasn't a great actor, they didn't have big shoes to fill like mm-hmm. a huge you know hard to read hard to act script i mean you really what is one of those movies it's that you don't have to really pay attention much it's a shut your brain off and enjoy the movie for a couple hours very yeah. much yeah and i think that the the lack of writing i don't, don't want to say lack of writing the simple story benefits that you're not worried about how is this going to resolve? It's pretty apparent when the movie begins how it's going to end. Yeah. Um, and I think that that's good. That's a strength. And it allows you, like Cole said, you just enjoy watching guys get stabbed through the eye by Christmas ornaments. Yeah. You know, it's a good time. The two writers, uh, Pat Casey and Josh Miller, I looked at their list of uh, credits as well. <clears throat> most recently, they've done Sonic the Hedgehog 1 and 2, uh, the two most recent new Sonic movies. I enjoyed both of those. Um, and then other than that, mostly made for TV movies and miniseries. Uh, but they look like they work a lot as a as a mm-hmm. duo. Hey, so, kind of like D&D, maybe. Yeah. And uh, Tommy Workola, I looked up his and he's directed nothing I've seen. Yeah. The only one that I even maybe remember hearing about was the Hansel and, Gr- Hansel and Gretel. Yeah. Like the, the Witch Hunters. Yeah. And I remember hearing about that yeah, one. I don't but think I, I ever saw it. I didn't watch it. Yeah. I don't think anyone did. No. Um. So it's kind of cool that this guy got the the go ahead from universal pictures and a budget yeah. of 20 million having done almost nothing. And mm-hmm. uh, well, I say that he has like nine or 10 credits to his name, but I haven't seen any of them. Yeah. Maybe if we liked this one so much, we should go back and watch his previous works. looks like he's done a lot of like B horror movies, which I think are pretty cool. So, um, I guess that's really honestly, like I really want to start talking about the movie. I think we've sold it enough. Go see it. If you haven't gone to see it. And with that, I want to dive in. You guys yeah. ready? Okay, spoiler warning. From here, we're going to talk about spoilers. I kind of admit, said a minor one earlier, getting stabbed through the eye with a Christmas tree ornament, getting stabbed through the eye with a star. And that was in the trailers, though. That was it in the trailers. In the trailer, yeah. um, they, they revealed a lot in the trailer. They really did. But they still left a lot to be seen in the theater, too. Oh, yeah. But, like, this movie was gory. It was it gruesome. Was. And I loved some of the deaths. I did, too. Yeah. So, with that in mind, my first question here for you guys is, what was your favorite death? That's such a morbid Christmas movie take. But what was your favorite death in this movie? It's it's a cop out, but I think the last one. Yeah. Okay, when he just like zips him up the chimney and spews blood like a fountain that was out cool. of the chimney. While it's playing Christmas music. Mind While playing While Christmas playing music, like yeah. a symphonic Christmas yeah. song. That was probably my favorite one. It, that was really Of course, good. that's the crescendo of the whole. Like that's the, mm-hmm. the climax of the whole movie right there. Um, but I'd say that's probably my favorite. I mean, mine, it, it builds because you're just, it's just kind of like the, you're on the edge of your seat. It's the one that made me cringe in the theater is the dang nail through Ooh. 
the bo- mm-hmm. the bottom of the uh, through his chin. The real life, uh, real life home, home alone. alone. Then that- the guy. Then he gets out, and then the bowling ball right on the face. Yeah, that was rough. It's yeah, just, I kind of forgot about that. I think my brain suppressed uh, that's that the part, because it was just like Ugh. that part. I like normally I can handle stuff like that. That part I had to look away for a yeah. second. I'm like, like, oh my goodness. And I didn't like the little girl up until that scene. Like. She was okay. She was not a great child actor. No. Like we said, writing no, she had, really didn't benefit her much. She had the best line of the whole movie, though. Which was? Skull Crusher. Oh, that was good. Crusher. At the very end, Santa pulls out his ginormous, like, Viking hammer. She just is with Thor hammer. Let's be honest. It's like basically Thor. Thor. Christmas in her eyes. Skull Crusher. Yeah. That was awesome. Brilliant. No, but, like, I feel like most of the movie and. Oh, I'll just go ahead what was yours? Oh, my favorite death. You're right. Thank you, Josh. Uh, mine was when Santa casually grabs a rope um, in the shed, and while he's fighting people, just casually makes two <laughs> nooses around the soldiers and then throws it into a, a snow a snowblower yeah. as the blades are turning, and they just slowly get dragged into it one by one. That, that was, was pretty good. That was mine. Was. And then that, that whole scene there in the shed, the multiple awesome. deaths was great. I don't remember what off. song it was yeah. that was playing, but it was like a newer Christmas song, yeah. just like vibing in the background and it was like slightly acoustic like it wasn't heavy yeah. like it was it a was really hilarious. chill christmas song that brings me to like my one of my likes about this movie is it is definitely a christmas movie um we're gonna do a christmas movie tier list here in a little bit and people argue whether die hard is a christmas movie or not it is get mm-hmm. out of here if you're wrong um but this movie is unapologetically not up for debate a christmas movie it's just a very gory violent yeah. one and i love that about it yeah i mean christmas songs throughout the entire score um overarching family feel good mm-hmm. feel uh just mixed in with a whole lot of death yeah it has a romance arc mm-hmm. uh, a child going through divorce and her parents getting back together a son mm-hmm. having like a estranged relationship with his mother and making amends for that like it has it all yeah it does <laughs> but yeah. in the weirdest way possible yep. man it's even got a nativity scene at one point yes that, that he hid 300 million dollars in somehow and uh we also got to see a man get basically killed with baby jesus yeah that was a little <laughs> however your opinions on that may be yeah. yeah whenever the the dad picked up baby jesus and started beating the guy over the back of the mm-hmm. head with it no it i love how much of a Christmas movie it was, and it had the perfect amount of gore, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the, the the star through the eye it got me, because it's super gory, super gruesome, but then the guy's head's just on fire, <laughs> and like twinkling, and then Santa's laying on his chest talking in the walkie-talkie, in the walkie-talkie. while the fire's still burning. It's like almost poetic at the same time it's just hilarious <laughs> the scene that or the what made me the most grossed out about that is the same reason that made me grossed out with the scene that cole mentioned it's that the guy didn't die from mm-hmm. the start of the eye he walked around screaming and was about to keep fighting with a christmas ornament sticking out of his yeah. face same thing with the nail on the ladder the guy's stuck to the ladder screaming in agony and his partner just walks over him to yeah. go up the ladder but I love that he didn't die from that. You had to sit there and watch him suffer. And I was like, that made me a little uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but in a good way. Yeah. So I was going to say, Cole, what were, what were some, some things you liked about this movie? I mean, I thought just the entire feel of just that action movie, gory feel kind of thing. I mean, where it didn't, I think they, they played into how ridiculous the premise is of the movie. <laughs> the actors did. Mm-hmm. And yeah. 
you, you went they went over the top with it and that's what that movie needed they didn't need you to be serious during it it's you were the overtop villain you have santa being completely bloodthirsty out there and it it worked out perfectly i just like the whole premise of the movie mm-hmm. it's, it's different it could have been another generic christmas movie you could have oh here's santa claus here's they could have done it without any violent night death whatever could just made a regular christmas movie but no this is this one stands out christmas story watch out the 24-hour marathon's about to end it's about to be violent night every year from here on out (laughs) there are two christmas movies that i watch every year and it is a christmas story and jingle all the way Mm. and i think i'm going to add this one to the list i've got to watch violent (laughs) night every year um Cole, you said bloodthirsty, and we were talking about it's definitely a Christmas movie. I, I mildly disagree with the bloodthirsty aspect because Santa gets a almost like a redemption arc. Mm-hmm. We it, it is revealed that Santa is a Nordic barbarian. He's yeah. killed thousands. He's pillaged. He's raped. He's not a good dude, mm-hmm. but he's Santa to make amends for it. Yeah, and he kind of gets like that redemption where he kind of makes peace, and the little girl makes a comment along the lines of. Maybe you could use all the bad stuff you did to do some good mm-hmm. and like do some good killing. Yeah. And uh I'm getting like I'm that like sparks his enthusiasm. Yeah. No, nah, he had goes on look. a rampage. He had, he had that look in his eye. He was ready to kill. <laughs> did you not see the shed? <laughs> I'm thinking of the scene shortly before the shed where he is whenever he got the spark was the shed. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What his ring rolled what, across. That's where the bloodthirst came. Yeah. I'm thinking of the scene before that where he's patching himself up with a Christmas ornament. Oh, like he he's using the hook as a needle and he takes off his shirt and he's got all these Nordic war mm-hmm. tattoos. Scars and yeah. wounds. Yeah. Um, that was funny. And I think it's cool because David Harbour recently played a superhero. Mm-hmm. But in neither this one nor the superhero movie did they make him like bulk up a tremendous amount. Don't get me wrong. He's a muscular guy, mm-hmm. but he's not like... Hugh Jackman, uh, Henry Cavill, you know, these guys who just spend months and months and years trying to get like a Hollywood body. Mm-hmm. He just looks like a, a a muscular man. Yeah. Um, and I appreciate that when he played the Red Guardian in Black Widow, they he kind of had that same body there too. He hasn't bulked up for any of his like action roles. And I actually kind of respect that. Because I feel like most of the strongest people I see are like construction workers oh, and yeah. like they have a bit of a pudge. Blue you collar, know? Yeah. hard workers. You know, and like I, I appreciate the like it feels weird where i'm just sitting here thinking oh it's a realistic santa body <laughs> realistic men proportions in an action movie yeah. um like don't get me wrong women you guys definitely there are very many unrealistic female expectations in hollywood movies but it, it, in superhero movies especially you know men you know we're competing with mm-hmm. i can't compete with ryan reynolds no i i, mean, I can't i got chris a Dave, evans or yeah i got a chris farley body yeah <laughs> same here yeah, fat guy in a little coat. That's me. Fat guy in a little coat, one hundred percent. Another thing I liked about this movie, and I'm curious to see your guys' take on this, and whether you like this or dislike this, is Santa doesn't hide his identity. He openly admits to being Santa at a bar. Openly just rides through New York. He's not trying to hide. Yeah, well, he realizes the movie realizes that if somebody came up to you or me at a bar and said, "I'm Santa," no one's gonna. Believe nobody's you. gonna believe you. Yeah. So you don't have to hide it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no need to. But he hands her that present afterwards, and he goes, here you go, saves me a trip. And yeah. then gets on the roof and just takes off in broad broad <laughs> moonlight. I almost said broad daylight. Takes yeah. off in broad moonlight. And then the scene that follows that where he throws up on her. Throws up. Oh, oh, that was good. The whole theater went, Ugh, That was that so point, funny. Yeah. But yeah, there's multiple times throughout this movie that he doesn't hide the fact he's Santa. And why would he? Yeah. Like, 
he uh, Christmas magic is explained in the best way in this movie that I've ever heard a movie explain Christmas magic. Just don't know how it works. He doesn't know how it works. He's like, there's a bag. You put your hand in, you get a present. He makes a comment at one point. He's like, I just rub my nose and I go up chimneys. He doesn't know how it works. It yep. just, he was roped into this role. And I think that that's the best explanation for a Christmas movie I've ever seen as far as Santa's magic goes is he doesn't know how it works. It's one of my plot uh, picking points though, is that like what they didn't explain in the plot. They just said, it's Christmas magic. Like, how does this work? I don't know. It's Christmas magic. Yeah, it's, like, it's like they didn't force. really go into detail. So and that's a negative for you? Yeah. That was a positive for me. I don't know. I guess it was like there wasn't any major plot holes, but like what they couldn't explain in realism by setting up a good mm-hmm. plot line. They just said, that's Christmas magic. It Cole, happens. Cole, I think you're about to say something. Did I cut you off? Uh, it just kind of reminded me of like, it's like a Star Wars movie where it's like, uh, how did this happen? Uh, the Force. The Force did this. Um uh, See, you can have this force power now, and or with Harry Potter, it's like, oh, here's this new spell that you didn't, no one knew about until just now. So yeah, it's it, it literally just the right the when you write yourself into a corner, that's what they would go to. But I guess I so for, that's a negative for you, but that's a positive for me because there's no good movie or good way that you're going to explain Christmas magic. Uh, so why try? It was almost a fourth wall break. He, I almost felt like he was talking to the audience where it's like, how does this work? And he's like, I don't know. <laughs> I just get drunk, eat cookies. Can we talk about how much he drinks and then drinks milk? That yeah. hurt my stomach. Or the one point he poured out the milk and then poured liquor in the cup <laughs> with the milk. Yeah. And it was like all congealed oh, together. It yeah. Was, it wasn't good. But like, there's no way you're going to explain Christmas magic well. So I enjoyed that they like just left it as it doesn't matter. It's a stupid christmas movie like yeah. it doesn't matter how how the magic works i can see that angle but i well, like you said i can also, like you just said i can see it being a negative to some people some yeah. people want an explanation um some people like myself when we watch star wars i want an explanation for why things happen <laughs> i guess it depends on what i'm what i'm wanting out of a movie yeah cole's got me cole's cole's trying for those of you who don't know cole loves to get me ranting about star wars oh and- we'll have a tier list at some point about the star wars movies and there's one movie that will get you fired up and that'll probably be the whole episode don't spoil oh, it tune oh, into that episode yes. when we do it to wait find out until you'll have episode. to wait and see leave a leave a uh prediction yeah but cole is always trying to get me fired up and i'm surprised i expected him like the first episode to try and get me fired up about star wars <laughs> oh no it's a slow burn instead he tried to get me fired up about anime and it backfired on him because yeah. he admitted to liking anime oh no i like the good anime uh-huh that's still good anime, anime. Uh, the yeah. good liking good anime is yeah, still not like good anime unlike attack on titan yeah there it is again there <sighs> josh we're just gonna we're gonna mute this man yep. we're just gonna continue this by ourselves um so i'm gonna i'm gonna turn it over to you josh i'm gonna ask so you mentioned that you didn't like that the christmas magic wasn't explained well and you mentioned continuity what were some of your dislikes about this movie um let's see the the older lady the mom i don't know her character just made me mad i think that's just a personal personality trait of mine i don't know she was just not a good person and i understand that's her character mm-hmm. but it just made me mad made you mad um the bad guys in the synopsis, they call them a team of mercenaries. Uh, they didn't seem like they had much weight behind them. Scrooge kind of had like somewhat of a backstory, like, oh, I've been mistreated as a child and it's all Santa's fault. But mm-hmm. overall, it was just like, why are they here? W- what are they doing? And then the kill team or the extraction team, like, what was their turning point? Was it just the money? Like, 
you've worked for these people this long and three hundred million dollars is gonna make you it seems like he'll turn, yeah. you know. I don't know. There was just some writing issues that that, that was kind of my least favorite parts. I kinda, Overall, I enjoyed the movie a ton. We got some pretty similar dislikes. I put that the villains are kind of jokes most of the time. None yeah. of them are super threatening yeah. ever, really. Um kind of like home alone villains. Really, and which I mean, this movie they was, did pay homage to Home Alone. Yeah, a lot. I think this movie was parroting Home Alone a little bit. Yeah. Um, so that's to be expected. Um, the Kill Squad, they were probably my least favorite part of the movie as far as continuity goes. Now, this is a dumb action comedy, so I've got a I call it my suspension of disbelief helmet. Depending on how stupid the movie is, I have bigger helmets. Like, <laughs> um, when I go watch Godzilla, which is about giant you know, kaiju fighting each other, my helmet's pretty big. When I go to watch, like, No Country for Old Men, which is a very serious grounded thing, my helmet's just a baseball cap. Um, This one I went in with a pretty big helmet. But the Kill Squad, we find out, is in on it the whole time. Mm -hmm. So why did they wait to come in till, like, an hour and a half into the into the siege? Yeah. They If they were in on it, realistically speaking, the Kill Squad should have just rolled up and cornered the place you didn't even have to have the infiltration there was no need for the whole first third of the plot about them infiltrating this place mm-hmm. to even happen if they had an in already yeah like that was to me the only thing that i was like that seems like a really big like huge hole that i had a hard time overlooking yeah what were some of your dislikes cole so for me my biggest dislike was when they would show like a kill or any sort of action thing the camera seemed very zoomed in all the time, like, and very, like, just moving all over the place. Like, mm-hmm. I get it. It's supposed to be, like, high, tense, fast-paced uh, action sequence. I'm like, it's, this is kind of just not cool to look at. Like, yeah. I'm like, this is just kind of like, I'll scoot back a little bit, hold the camera still. I want to see what's happening. I can't tell what's going on so, most of the time. But then you have to hire stunt coordinators and action coordinators and like have all these sorts of effects whereas it kind of goes back to like um old like 90s action tv shows where you see the person start to throw the punch and then it quick cuts to the guy falling on the floor and like you just make it look like you connect they did that a lot in this movie if you can still have the quick cuts and everything just pull the camera back a little bit yeah i think that goes back to this movie was made dirt cheap 20 million in hollywood is like 20 bucks like we say the menu was like 35 million yeah and we called that super low, and because I think, mm-hmm. well, kind of forever we look, we we'd say it in the podcast, but it's like three hundred million. Yeah, so a super amount. Cheap. Yeah, this movie was made. We just for... keep getting lower budget movies each time. <laughs> let's let's go watch like Rubber after yeah. this. So yeah, I mean that's just a byproduct of that. But I agree, some of the fight shots looked really cool, but there were many that left a lot to be desired as far as like what I wanted in that. But I didn't think that any of them were so bad that it like made me dislike the movie. So that's. I had to stretch on a dislike, and that would probably be the biggest thing that sticks out to me. Mm-hmm. Going back to like the villains or jokes I put on here, the movie would have been over in like 30 minutes if the villains would shoot their guns. Yeah. yeah. There's so many times that the villains just went in and like just started instantly shooting people. No hesitation. Boom, you're dead. And then they get to Santa and they just like don't fire. Yeah. Wait, wait. Guy in red suit, we can't shoot him. Yeah. And I was like, why aren't we shooting this guy? And it happens multiple times. Mm-hmm. And I get. It's a movie, but that was one that like you could have had them shoot and miss. And it just seemed weird to me that like they didn't even try. Stormtroopers do it all the time. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we're just trying really hard to go. (laughs) We're trying to make this a Star Wars movie, apparently. Uh, And then uh, so I had that one. And then 
my overall biggest complaint, my only real complaint with this movie um, is I felt like the pacing in the middle half was a little poor. Um, we keep going back to this conversation over walkie talkie with Santa and this little girl. Mm-hmm. And it just felt like it drug on and it happened like three scenes almost back to back with not much happening. I feel like if you could cut out some of that just a little bit, cut that down to like that Christmas magic. Yeah. She's regaining her trust in Christmas. Uh, sure. After hoping that oh, her parents yeah. get together. After flipping uh dropped a bombshell on her, like, oh yeah, Santa doesn't exist, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh. Rebuilding her faith in Christmas. Fair. I, I didn't mind it. I uh, for me it was like okay, we have a fun action scene with Santa stabbing guy with a Christmas ornament, and then ten minutes of walkie-talkie conversation, and then we have an action scene where he he fights someone else, and I can't remember who it is, and then it's like another ten minute conversation, hmm. and I was like, okay, I feel like we could have done all this in one, and like I just want to get to people getting smashed in the face with a sledgehammer, get to that. Um, and maybe on a second viewing, knowing what's coming, I won't mind it as much. But I just felt like it dredged on just a little too long for my liking. I will say for watching the the previews for it, um, <clears throat> they they made it look like Santa had like magic abilities to communicate mm-hmm. with the girl. Yeah. And then it turns out he just finds the other walkie talkie in the basement. <laughs> I was like. I kind of appreciate how real it is. Yeah. But at the same time, I was expecting him to have some like innate ability to communicate with people who were in need. <laughs> so I thought about this um, because I agree with you. I thought from the trailers, this is one of the few movies I actually watched a trailer prior to going in on. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was going to have magic at two. And then he falls asleep in a massage chair. That's the only reason he's even, <laughs> which is funny. Yeah. <laughs> Next day I went to a mall and actually almost fell asleep in a massage chair. No, it's, so, it no, it's a sequence of events of why he's there. He falls asleep in the chair. He can't get back up the chimney. The reindeer leave him. It's yeah. Like, the reindeer so, leaving him was great. He's like, so are Cole's, you kidding me? Cole's getting to my point ahead of me. So that's the thing. Like, I thought it was going to be magic for the walkie talkie, but I think the whole it's unexplained Christmas magic was that, Christmas magic made it fate that he would be there. Um, Because how realistic is it that he would fall asleep in a massage chair and all these things would happen and that he would coincidentally stumble into it. And you see it again later, he drops his ring and it rolls across the room to a hammer. Mm. I think, and then later the reindeer returned at just the right time with the bag. I think the idea is that it was Christmas magic, but just not like connecting the walkie talkies, just connecting him to being there. Because I did think about that. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool that, the whole reason he was there and did what he did was because of Christmas magic. I can see that angle. Mm-hmm. Didn't think about that at all until just now. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. But yeah, that being the, the the reindeer leaving were hilarious. Yeah. I also love what is it? He's trash talking the reindeer and he's yeah. then he sees uh, the bag or he sees something. He's like, oh, guys, I can't stay mad at you. Yeah. And starts hugging he him. brought the bag. <laughs> my spare bag. And also Skull Crusher. Skull, skull Crusher. <laughs> That we need to get that sound clip and just have it for all of our future episodes, man. So, okay, hey, we blew through all my likes and dislikes. I feel like this is probably going to be a shorter episode just because this movie is it's simpler. It's very simple. It's turn off your brain, watch Santa murder a man with a sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. So, before we go to the rubric itself, you guys have any like final closing thoughts? No, I don't think so. Okay, nope. I'm going to pull up this rubric here then. And then we'll start grading. So real quick for plot. Plot for me is difficult because it's supposed to be a simple plot. But I feel like it was 
well done. Most overly sometimes. It was well done with some pacing issues. So I had to trouble. Do I put pacing as director or plot? And then I realized it kind of falls into a bit of both. So while the plot was good for what it needed to do, it wasn't perfect. I'm going to give it a four. Cool. Um, I'm going to go plot a five because okay. of the type of movie it is. It's not trying to be some deep movie with, you know, have to have all these hidden meanings and you have to really pay attention. Like, simple action movie yeah josh uh my plot i went ahead and give it a three three so we kind of we got a three four and five why'd you yep. give it a three um so there wasn't any major plot holes it was a very simple movie uh but like i said i they they could have explained christmas magic a little bit different uh i almost bumped it up to a four because of our discussion i'm just gonna hold steady to a three um, and overall, I just felt like it was just an okay story. Like, it was very basic and simple. So, I yeah. Don't know. Hey, you're enti- even if it's wrong, you're entitled to your opinion. <laughs> characters. Oh, I didn't even ask. I'm, I'm going to backtrack a little bit because mm-hmm. before we talk about characters, there were some really good characters. There are also some kind of meh characters who uh, I'm going to ask who your favorite characters, but I'm going to start because I feel like we might have the same one. It was the crazy nutcracker guy yeah. who held the family <laughs> hostage in the living room. That- the guy was unhinged and he was <laughs> easily I think his, his code name was Krampus. I think it was. Think yeah, it was great. That, like, yeah. I mean, that's that was my favorite. When they were sounding off, it's like gingerbread check. Frosty's here, blah, blah, blah. Like they're doing their names. And then he's they're like Krampus. He goes ready to some stuff up. And just <laughs> like, he's like he had energy from the moment he entered his scene of a lot of his gun. He did. And yeah. just <laughs> the scene where they're about to stick the guy's. uh testicles and the nutcracker it's like i ain't doing that he's like i'll do it yeah he was so overly energetic to do it he was my favorite character um he actually bumped what probably would have been a three up to a four for me the characters were simple two-dimensional but i really liked them if it hadn't been for just a couple things maybe with like the child actor and like just a few other small nitpicky things it would be a perfect for me it'd be a five but i'm gonna give it a four i'm going with a five for my characters for the, it's another one of those things where like for the movie that they're in, it they fit it really well. It's like what we talked about in the uh, intro episode. If you haven't listened to it, go back and check that out. Yeah. Um, but like, and the example you use is Hot Rod. Yeah. Um, for those characters, yeah, they work well for that movie. They're perfect for that movie. Mm-hmm. For another movie, probably not so much. So for this movie, I think. The characters fit it really well for the timing mm. and the pace, the pacing and the general just feel of the movie. Yeah, I think I really only knocked off points. Josh mentioned it. The mom. Is she the president? Is she a senator? Yeah, who is she? Is she a secretary? for Like, who is she? I don't know. And then I felt like the sister, the brother-in-law and the son were all kind of three the same character. They were just dumb idiots. Yeah. So if it hadn't been for like just like the lack of diversity there, I probably would give it a five as well for the same reason, like you said, of it's, it is a dumb movie, but I like, there's just a few things that I thought were too, two dimensional. Yep. So coming into this, I was originally a two on characters, Dang. but um, after some discussion, I'm going to bump it up to a three. Okay. So I didn't love the bad guys. The enemies antagonists didn't have much weight behind them. Again, the mom character just kind of irritated me. Um, and the writing for the non-main characters was lacking. Some of the dialogue was just meh. And so the characters, I just meh. And like you said, those three characters, the sister, brother-in-law, and kid, while the brother-in-law was hilarious. He was. He basically, I didn't mention this in the beginning, but 
he basically plays himself. Yeah. So he, um, Cam Gigante is the guy who plays Morgan Skill. I don't Morgan Steel. I don't even know how to pronounce his name, but um, I didn't immediately recognize him. But he was basically just a heartthrob from the early two mm-hmm. thousands. Played a bunch of you know, sub roles like Micah from Easy A, uh, James Witherdale from Twilight, um, and so he basically just plays who he's been as an actor, like. A I nobody. Didn't, I didn't know that. That's actually yeah. really funny. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm going to go ahead and give characters a three. Okay. You know, Josh, I'm a little... I was worried that I was going to be the lowest scorer here. I was like, am I being too harsh on this movie? But okay, <laughs> I'm glad to hear that Like, there's someone else who's like also willing to... Because I loved it. It was so. But I want to be fair. I can't let my <clears throat> enjoyment of the movie freaking sway how I feel about the other categories. This is... And this is the first time that like... That was the reason that like I wanted I came up with the idea of the rubric this is the first time I've had to put it to the test yeah where my enjoyment of the movie I have to be objective and yeah. it's it's been tough mm-hmm. it has been so on to the next one direction um in another life or, or sorry like on a different viewing if I had like known how much or didn't know how much the movie cost to make um I would probably give direction a three there were some pacing issues there were a couple shots like Cole said that were just a little wonky but knowing it had a budget of twenty million, and like just they probably spent most of that on getting David, the two big main actors. Yeah, out. yeah. So like, I I'm gonna give direction. I feel like I'm being basic. I'm giving everything fours. But yeah, direction for me is a four. If it had been a big budget movie, I think there's some stuff that would be hard to forgive in this mm-hmm. film. But considering how dumb it is and how silly and just fun of a movie it is, and for how cheap they made it, I think that the director did really good with what he had to work with, and that should be respected. I'm going to give direction a, I just had it pulled up here. Three. Three? Oh, okay. Tell I mean, us why. Same same reason you just said, like, mainly the shots were just like, especially in the shed sequence, like, although really cool kills, it just seemed like a lot of, like, the hand-to-hand combat of it was, it was just up close, like, I can't even tell what's going on, just see a big blur across yeah. the street screen and it's also dark in there it doesn't help either there were also people in that shed going back to continuity um that fired their guns and didn't alert the other side of like the 30 foot shed and it was like wait did they not hear that (laughs) so uh direction i'm also going to give it a four um kind of touch on the writing some of the writing could have been better especially in some of the character to character dialogue um I did enjoy the score of mainly Christmas music. A lot of that's probably in the public domain, so that's probably why they used it. Um, I liked the shed scene. Um, That was one of my pluses on direction. Um, Overall, I felt it was good, but it wasn't perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Uh, Continuity. This was the hardest one to score for me. Mm -hmm. Um, in a more serious movie, continuity probably would have got a three because of, like I said, there's a couple big plot holes that just don't make sense. Um, but considering that this movie was supposed to be a dumb, stupid Christmas movie where when we keep saying it, you can just shut off your brain. I have to do that. I have to shut off my brain, Josh. I just need to shut it off mm-hmm. and I'm going to get bumped. What would have been a three up to a four? Um, so I'm going to be mostly fours across the board um, today, it seems like. For my continuity, I also am giving it a four. Um, my biggest thing, kind of like what's, it kind of bothered me um, on it was, so they break the the dad of the little girl. The dad's finger, they break it in, uh, 
like they break it when they're using Nutcracker. Oh, they didn't ever bring that back. Well, no, he, it's not broke. It's clearly not broke. Like when he has his hands up, like yeah. it's not bent off to the side or anything. Like that does not look like a broken finger. And he yeah. never like fumbles with yeah. it ever again. That was my big thing. Dumb, stupid I movie. I did I'm not sh- catch that. Cole, quit turning on my brain. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like that one. I that one. I just haven't noticed. I like looked at his hand like. Like it's a gory yeah. movie. Like surely they're gonna have some disgusting looking finger. Like they, why yeah. does it look normal? Why? I didn't catch that either. That's a good. Yeah. That is a good point. Good I'm gonna catch, stick cool. with my four. Um, I'm glad you didn't. I'm glad we didn't discuss that beforehand, or else that might have affected. But yeah, I'm gonna stick with my four. But yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, continuity. I'm also a four. Um, so they didn't like directly set up a sequel or a prequel, but I think they did a good enough job that they could come back and do either one. And it would do well. Mm-hmm. I like your idea that you mentioned at Applebee's. Which one? The uh, attack on. Since then. Well, like you said, like have it take place at the North Pole. And that was. I said that was him. Or that was my you. idea, that Cole. Was, yeah. How about you uh, check yourself before <laughs> well, you? Wreck I agree that idea. it was also a good idea. I, it was yeah. someone's idea that was not mine. Yeah. Put a pin in that and remember that comment for a moment later. So okay, so you're giving it a four. Yeah, four. Um, Something I thought they kind of just stumbled into some major events. Like they didn't set up a lot of stuff, especially the kill squad. Like mm-hmm. there was no premonition that they were working together at all, which I guess maybe added to some of it, but I don't know. It didn't feel like it really set it up much. It's it just made... like, oh, here they are and they're heel turning. Like, I don't know. It made for one funny moment where the actor escapes <laughs> the house and. <laughs> <laughs> the that way in which he does it by screaming parkour after punching parkour. a guy in the face parkour. and then jumping out a window. <laughs> Barely clears the couch. <laughs> he like knocks pillow off as yeah. he's going over the couch. One of the funniest moments in the movie, honestly. <laughs> he escapes the house, makes it outside to the kill squad. Yeah. And which we think is good at this point. They ask him a couple questions and then they immediately kill him. Yeah. Um it made for a mildly interesting twist, but so, yeah. that was about the only benefit. But I think the kill squad being evil makes more problems for the story than it does the comedic elements. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I don't know. Yeah, it just seems really it does seem really odd to me. They also were overkill for a kill squad for, of teams that like, okay, so you want it to be a secret. This is a hush hush military operation. Mm-hmm. Why was there 60 of them? <laughs> the <laughs> like extraction team, Tyler. You could have brought in like 10 guys who were in on it and yeah. like or just not even not even like when the kill squad thing goes off just turn it off right just to have like the one evil leader guy show up yeah are all those soldiers getting a cut of that 300 million like like i said it just leads to more problems than mm-hmm. it's worth in the long run okay so continuity for for josh last category enjoyment easy five i loved this film i thought it was hilarious and even though our scores are probably going to put it at like a b um enjoyment wise it's a it's much higher than that i really liked this film yeah i'm also giving it a five i mean it's everything i wanted and more it's yeah yeah it from the first time i saw the trailer it i'm like this is gonna be stupid and i'm here for it but i'm ready (laughs) it's stupid in all the best ways yeah josh can i assume that you're a five you can i'm a five um i put on here i enjoyed every minute of the movie i may have been nitpicky on some things but just like from start to finish, I laughed until I cried. Um, I thought David Harbour did a fantastic job at Santa Claus and especially a killing Santa Claus. Oh, yeah. Um, and I I liked the death scenes. I thought they were clever and uh, unique. For sure. 
So, okay, so I'm glad we're fives across the board on that. No no need for debate. Um, that altogether puts my score at an 84%, Cole's at an 88%, and Josh's at a 76, giving us a total movie rubric score of 82.6%. Um, might round that up to 83 on paper, just when we post that later. But yeah, so, all right, lower B, um, which surprising to me because leaving the theater it's it's why i made the rubric leaving the theater i would have given that a, like a 10 out of 10 yeah and then as i sat down and i started objectively trying to plug in scores for stuff it's like oh you know what that maybe yeah. isn't you know so can't be blinded by our enjoyment yeah sure you can so <laughs> cool. we can yeah you truly can um so going i told you to put a pin in that my 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 closing question for us was because we talked about it at <laughs> Applebee's, you need to sponsor us. We're going to talk yeah. about you a lot. Um, we're name dropping Applebee's like crazy. If so you pick us up for don't, a sponsor, free half price apps for the yes. year. It just, if, if you don't sponsor us, I'm going to talk about how mediocre your Cheeto wings are <laughs> in detail. I'm going to put those through the movie. Yeah. Um, do we want a sequel? I expressed, I think that that would be a great world for a sequel. I think it was a very unique take on Santa. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we brought up. Not everything needs a sequel. I 100% agree, but I want a sequel for this. What are, what are your guys' thoughts on that? I mean, as cool as it would be, I think they should just leave it alone. Um, we don't really get a lot of like those cool standalone movies because mm-hmm. um, eventually you add so much content and stuff that it could end up have you could have a, a dud of a sequel, and it could also affect how people view the first movie, which this movie was great. So I think they should just leave it alone. We don't get enough standalone. Not everything needs a sequel. Just let it be its own thing. Counter argument. Does Jingle All the Way 2 with Larry the Cable Guy ruin Jingle All the Way for you? I mean, it's associated <laughs> with it. Is it, though? Most people forget it exists. Yeah, I I forgot. But it, also, yeah. from my here's the thing. If it's David Harbour, though, and it's a dud, though. If Arnold was in Jingle All the Way 2, would people think of it the same way? Possibly. It is. That's a fair point. Yeah. I... I ride the fence like I would love to see a sequel or even a prequel. Like how did Santa, how did David Harbour's Santa become Santa? Mm-hmm. Like we obviously know he was a Nordic like plunderer, but like how, how did the Christmas magic become Yeah, for him? Um, And I would also like to see a sequel too, like see where he goes from here, like where that family goes and stuff. But I could also live if I never saw a sequel or prequel again. I, I don't know how I would enjoy or even like if I was like I try to put myself in like a writer's shoes, how I would write a prequel while keeping the spirit of this movie in check. But I do think you could do, OK, someone hates Santa Claus and Santa very clearly. And this is the pitch I made at Applebee's, by the way. Santa doesn't hide who he is. Everyone knows where he lives. If a military like let's say like a dictator wanted to take out Santa mm-hmm. for any reason. I think we've established that elves are canon, Mrs. Claus is canon, and also super old, and that Santa is now, he has a skull crusher, he is now ready to kill. I think that it would be really cool to have him, like, taking on, like, a larger group, or even that larger group trying to take him on at the North Pole, and him and his elves doing a real Home Alone. Can you imagine Home Alone with, like, a hundred elves and Santa (laughs) at the North Pole, like, taking on, like, let's say, like, Putin? Is like on his oh, way up there. Boy. Like that that'd be funny. I'm there for it. It yeah. would be funny. Yeah. I just don't know if it'd have I don't know. Yeah, that it, it could work. It's one of those things where it's like 
you've done all this stuff. Like, where are you going to gonna go from here? Like, as far as like keeping the kills fresh, because yeah. you saw a lot of cool kills and they're very unique. Yeah. Like you don't want to, you can't just rehash. Cause reuse just, them. I mean, like that's not unique anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, my original thought was when I went into this movie, I thought that Santa was going to be like John wick. And then he actually was very reluctant and he isn't a crazy skilled fighter until like the last third when he gets his hammer, he's really kind of fumbling through it. I my original thought was okay. Well, let's do it again, but this time Santa is John Wick. But then I thought, okay, that's a different movie though. That's yeah. not as funny. That loses the spirit of this film. So, so you could even do a Santa Claus taken. Somebody could could kidnap Mrs. Claus. What if they kidnap Santa? And Mrs. Claus comes for him. Who, who's going to be Mrs. Claus though? In our in oh, our who are we going to cast as Mrs. Claus? I don't know who you'd cast as. That is a tough one. I'm trying to think. I feel like she needs to be. David Harbour is like middle-aged, a little under middle-aged. How old, how old is David Harbour? He's like, I feel like he's a little under middle-aged. Let me check out his age. What do you consider middle-aged? You know what? My middle age is actually, I've been told, is wrong. Um, I look at the statistic where men live to be like 60, he's for, he's 65. 47. And then I'm like, okay, so 30 is middle-aged. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're pushing it. We're pushing it, yeah. Um, I know that yeah. people don't consider middle-aged to be like until like... like 45, 45 to 50 yeah. that's most people but then i look at how <laughs> what the mortality rate is for dudes and it's like ah, well <laughs> i'm three years out bro <laughs> so um okay so mrs claus needs to be 30s how, or 40s did you say he was? 47 47 so she needs to be 30s or 40s because let's be real if he was a barbarian like nordman pillaging he he would have taken a younger bride probably, probably illegally younger than him probably, if we're being if we're realistic being here um i'd like to think that he turned over a new leaf before mm-hmm. meeting mrs claus but if he's just got some like blonde bimbo from a shore <laughs> in norway that yeah she's probably like 12 <laughs> when he picked her up uh, so um age gap um she keeps coming to mind just because of the movie we just watched but i'm thinking of like nordic looking women and anya taylor joy yeah because of the menu she's coming to my mind um and then i also just watched the new mario trailer the other day um which i need to stop that was a mistake because i really liked the trailer and i was like man <laughs> i wish i hadn't watched that so i could have seen that fresh i got my lock my pick locked in it's wonder woman herself gal gadot gal gadot i think yeah. she'd be a good mrs claus be I kind think, of a bad a i think she could that that's a really good choice that uh, that's a solid mrs claus i can see her just going through just smoking people just slaying um whatever creatures people that are uh raiding Santa's Cottage or whatever, whatever the plot for our second or sequel that's not even been approved yet. And by the way, if any of these get made, I feel like we should get yeah. royalties. Like we're we're writing Some a movie right rights, now. Yeah. yeah. So Josh, who's your pick? I'm gonna go Scarlett Johansson. Okay. I think good. she's actiony, but also yeah. can be a little reserved, and so she'd be a good closet um, bad egg. Huh. Claws. I it. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. I didn't even get you to read my. Out. I did. I didn't even get to read my pun. So the synopsis I found that I was going to read at the beginning says an elite team of mercenaries breaks into a family compound on Christmas Eve, taking everyone hostage inside. However, they aren't prepared for surprise combatant. Santa Claus is on the grounds and he's about to show you why this is no this Nick is no saint. But that's not even what I was going to read. That was so that was like an IMDb pun. That was an IMDb uh, synopsis. synopsis pun. So what's your up. pun? Uh, actually, it wasn't even my pun either. This was a Rotten Tomatoes critic. <laughs> Josh, what is your pun? Josh, have some original content, but I, read it anyways. Okay. <laughs> so the critics' consensus from Rotten Tomatoes is Violent Night isn't as widely entertaining as its concept might suggest. But for those seeking a harder-edged holiday fare, it might be a 
ho, 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 lot of fun. I want to die. Um, that <laughs> was not terrible. Your Minnesota joke. If we don't oh, talk about the Minnesota boy. joke. Um, oh gosh, I'm not even going to try to explain that one on the. But it wouldn't be as funny to, if I tried to explain. It wasn't this funny then. It was. Hilarious. I mean, it was good in the time. Okay, right. now I feel like we have to. Because we've we'll like, close like, out the episode with a nice Minnesota joke here. Min- well, before I explain the Minnesota joke, Josh, what were those? Because I wanted to come back to it. What okay. were the? So we just gave this movie an eighty-two percent. What were the Rotten Tomato and Metacritic scores? So Rotten Tomatoes, the Tomato Meter, is seventy percent. Okay, I'm assuming is their that's critic reviews. That's critics. Yeah. The audience score, however, uh, when I looked at this earlier, was ninety percent. That's normal. So. Uh, the the audience loves it a lot more than critics, and this translates well to the Metacritic score as well. The Meta score, which is also critics, uh, was a fifty five percent, and that's only thir- that's thirty two critic reviews. Um, their mm-hmm. user score, only sixteen ratings, so you can't really take too much weight on it. But six point eight out of ten. Okay, that's still lower than I would expect. IMDb now this has a five thousand. Over five thousand IMDb users rated it a seven point one out of ten. Okay, so so we're kind of somewhere in the middle there. Um, I think it's funny. I I hate slash love whenever I see critics hate on a movie that I think is phenomenal, but then the audience goes in there and they they love it, and the audiences give it like a nine out of ten or a ten out of ten. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was thinking as you're reading those scores, I was like, we're kind of being the critics here. We gave it a lower yeah, score yeah. than like the audience did, but it seems like maybe we didn't. Yeah, it seems like if you weighted it all out, it would be somewhere around yeah. seventy. Okay. 80%. Have I talked long enough to not have to explain the Minnesota no. joke? <laughs> okay. I don't know. I don't think Cole's going to let you. Josh that. was going up to Minnesota. This is the joke. This is why I hate that Cole brought it up now that I have to explain it. Josh said, I'm going to Minnesota. And I said, hey, you got to be careful. There's dudes swimming in cola up there. And he said, what? And I said, yeah, there's Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know why I was inspired. <laughs> <laughs> to make that joke in the moment. There's no way I could have premeditated that either. Because I was like, totally off the cuff. someone asked me later, like, did you, that's really bad. Did you like write that? And I was like, there's no way I could have wrote that. That's the sad <laughs> part of it. That's just where my brain went. I then congratulated Tyler on becoming a father. Oh, yeah. yeah. I had to check with, you know, my wife. Be like, you're not pregnant, are you? I just made the dad joke of a century. Yeah. I was like checking out the neighbor's lawn the other day. I was like, how'd they get those lines? You know, like. <laughs> it's winter. There's no lines yeah, in yards. Not when I made the joke, You said Josh. the other day. I don't be, as oh, if I'm past tense. That was in January, though, so you can't yeah, say you that. You shut your mouth. It's been a year ago. <laughs> don't, don't listen. I'm going to put your whole story through the movie rubric right oh, now. Oh, my gosh. Continuity, <laughs> one. Enjoyment, two. <laughs> oh, boy. You enjoyed that joke a lot more, Cole. Don't lie. You still talk about it to this day, so you had to think it was that bad. The you right bring it up more than anyone. No, here's at my computer when you said that. <laughs> here's the thing. The room is bad. But we still talk about it. That's true. <laughs> Worst movie ever. No, don't you dare. It's clearly, you know what? That's a specific Star Wars. <laughs> All righty. Back to the Star Wars. I think we're going in a circle here. Any closing thoughts, guys, before we wrap it up? Go yep. see the movie. Yeah, go see it. Check out our other episodes. Yes. Let us know what you think. Go and get some Applebee's. 100%. Half-priced appetizers. Applebee's, please sponsor us. Uh, <laughs> we are about to record a um, a Christmas movie tier list, um, and that's going to probably go up about the same time that this one does. So if you like this one, go check out that. Go see where we rate other Christmas movies, and then... Do we have a next movie on the horizon? There might be a Meg, bit of a Megan, lull. Well, Avatar's well, coming Avatar out. comes out the 16th. So it's probably going to be Avatar next. Avatar. Or Megan if we wait or longer. Or we, we discussed Guardians Christmas. Yeah, Guardians. If we want to keep the Christmas theme rolling for December. Okay, so we've got Guardians, uh, Avatar, 
Megan. Um, Megan and then the Mario Kart movie. Or not Mario Kart. The Mario movie. <laughs> there was Mario Kart in the trailer. Which has carts in it. Yeah. yeah. If there's anything else you would like to hear us uh, talk about and try to sound smart about, um, let us know in the comments. Try even harder not to sound dumb. Yeah, absolutely. That is. Uh, so, hey, thank you guys for tuning in if you've made it this far. Uh, we hope you have a good night and a Merry Christmas. And we'll talk to you later. Thanks.